AlphaGo is a completely different player. It's like a god of a Go player, said 19-year-old Go champion KJ from China. He was reporting from his much-hyped head-to-head duel with Google's AI program that lasted four days in 2017. The prize was one and a half million dollars, but this wasn't about money. It's the last bastion of mental competition between man and machine. You see, IBM's Deep Blue dispatched chess grandmaster Gary Kasparov 20 years earlier. Go, however, is significantly more complex as a game, and it requires a massive capacity to recognize patterns. Rather than the 8x8 chessboard, Go is 19 by 19 The game also requires a lot of ephemeral insight that champion Go players themselves can't articulate in words. In preparation for the competition, Google had made significant breakthroughs in the algorithm. It had already anonymously challenged the world's elite online back in January, winning 50 of 51 games. AlphaGo's 51st victory was only averted because the internet connection dropped out. Gu Li, an elite competitor who took part in the 51-game face-off, said of AlphaGo at the time, it played quite differently from humans, placing stones that completely confound human players at first. But upon further analysis, these strategies became a quote-unquote divine move. In an earlier match between AlphaGo and Grandmaster Lee Sedol from Korea, AlphaGo landed a surprise move on the right hand, labelled Move 37, to which a commentator remarked, that's a very strange move. Him, the commentator himself was a high-ranking 9-dan, so ninth-level Go player. I thought it was a mistake. The term divine move comes from the Japanese kaminoite, meaning move of God or godly move and is reserved only for seminal strategies employed by elite champions, strategies that often cannot be taught. But rather than the product of divine will, everything AlphaGo produces was fed to it by researchers. Then once it's learned millions of moves, researchers train AlphaGo against itself, developing an exponentially growing neural network of possibility. AlphaGo understands how humans play. It can also look beyond how humans normally play and insert a level of insight that few humans can understand, resulting in a move 37. David Silver, the lead researcher on the AlphaGo project, said of Move 37 in a later Wired interview that AlphaGo had calculated that there was a 1 in 10,000 chance that a human would make that move. But when it drew on all the knowledge it had accumulated by playing itself so many times and looked ahead in the future of the game, it decided to make the move anyway. And the move was genius. 
come competition day, AlphaGo pulled out a series of similar divine moves that would crush world champion KJ 3-0. Kim Sung-yong, ninth Dan Go professional and match combinator from Japan, said of the match, AlphaGo showed the definition of mind-blowing play today. When human artists start drawing landscapes, they keep drawing landscapes no matter what happens during the process. However, AlphaGo can quickly switch from landscape to portrait. Similarly, human players have their own style of Go plays. However, AlphaGo has no fixed style and is so flexible. Like many AI startups, it's easy to feel a sense of resignation. This is AI today at the beginning of IR4, Industrial Revolution 4. In the same way, the first cars of the second Industrial Revolution were clunky and unreliable, but they soon evolved fast as industrialists like Henry Ford could develop a production process that worked. It's easy to speculate what AI will become in 10 years if it can easily dispense human champions today. Go master Lee Sedol, the only human ever to score a win against AlphaGo, retired as a professional player, citing that no matter how well he plays, there is no longer any prospect of beating AI. Referencing his last match against AlphaGo, Sedol said, from the very beginning of the game, there was not a moment in time when I felt that I was leading. If AI is near infallible, capable of defined moves, how is it possible that there even is a human group B winners in this industrial revolution, those who could benefit somehow from machine? Jay's roller coaster journey started with elation and ended in crushing defeat. His struggles enraptured millions, live streamed to millions across Asia, replete with tears and heartache. So concerned were the Chinese government of the impact of the match on national pride that they banned live streaming of the event. Most viewers had to access the match with great difficulty through a VPN. So what did we learn? What did we learn from the crushing defeat of Kei Jia? Instead of seeing the humiliation of their world champion at the hands of machine, and rather than laud the technical prowess of AI, media and audiences rallied round Jie. A new hero was born. Not a robot, but a human being. Technically, AlphaGo won the tournament, but Kei Jie won the audience. Machines are getting very good at many things we thought beyond our capabilities, and certainly those of machines. But what machines aren't designed to do is lose. And our culture is full of heroes who have obvious weaknesses and make mistakes. Without these vulnerabilities, they would appear plastic and unapproachable. Superman had kryptonite. The Hulk, Vibranium, Achilles, his heel. So why do we tell of why do we tell stories of superheroes with weaknesses? Why do we insist that our leaders have these weaknesses? 
more than ever in the age of exponential technology. We need to know what's real and what's fake. And people are placing a premium on the leaders that show us they are not fake, the ones who are just like us. We want presidents who sit with comedians, comedians who are in cars drinking coffee and rock stars singing karaoke in the back. It all happens for a reason. And that reason is the age of authenticity. You see, we have reached peak efficiency. There are no more gains to be had in being more efficient than we can be because machines can do everything when it comes to efficiency. The yield gains in efficiency aren't two or three times, but 50, 100, maybe 10,000 times what human beings could achieve. So why teach efficiency? Why teach management, which is the business of efficiency and optimization? We need to teach the skills of what machines cannot excel at, and that is to lose. We need to teach the skills of being authentic and vulnerable. No longer is leadership the the domain of the efficient. And what I mean by that is the curated, the polished, and the perfect. Go to Instagram and see the Instagram filters. It's fake. We don't want it. We don't want leadership that doesn't care or doesn't make mistakes. We don't want PR that is polished and from behind a bulletproof screen. We want real. We want our heroes who are vulnerable. And the reason we want them as vulnerable is because it gives us hope that we too can do something. And that's why the age of authenticity is also a call for all of us to be more human, to dare to be vulnerable, to teach authentic leadership as opposed to efficient management, to open up, to lead, to tell stories, to connect, to empathize. These are the skills that we need to teach and the skills that machines cannot master because they cannot make mistakes. Mm-hmm.